Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. If you got your Bibles this morning, open them up to the book of Daniel. I'm going to pick a yellow one, George. Does that work? Praise the Lord. You realize we're here this morning because of God's favor. Every one of us walked into this place this morning. We drove here this morning, and the devil didn't want to show it up. God made the way. Amen? He does provide for us. We can call on him for any need that we have. He does provide. Amen. In the last few weeks, you know, we've been talking about favor. I just can't get away from it. I can't get shun of it, so... I'm going to hit real quick on some things. Deuteronomy 28, we have the blessings and the cursings concerning obedience. You want God's favor on your life? It takes obedience. We say we believe in God. doesn't matter what we say in our head. Our actions is what does the talking. If we believe in God, then we obey God. We trust God. We lean on God. That's where obedience comes in that's what our belief is all about and in that book of Deuteronomy 28 you've got the the blessings that come along and he repeats the same stuff and says the blessings there is a little bit of doing that's got to be done amen we're not saved by our works but if we got faith we're going to have works amen and so we went in and we talked about uh, Solomon the first week, and we talked about that he had an obedient heart. His name was called Jedidiah, which means beloved of God. And he went to God saying, you've made me king, and he didn't ask for riches and things in this world. He asked to have wisdom to be able to do justice. And God granted him that. Why? Because that's exactly what he asked for. He didn't ask for anything else. He asked for that, and God, we know, did bless him with riches and those things, but he did give him wisdom. But we also know that in his life, had it, he got disobedient, and, the, and it stopped. Okay? And so we have that. We know that we can call upon God. We know that what we need to have, we know he can supply us with all the wisdom that we need. But then we talked about Esther. Her name is Hadessa. Her name Esther means star. And we found out that that God's favor isn't always about me. We can ask that question. What if it ain't about me? You know what? In America today, if it ain't about me, we don't want to have anything to do with it. How's it going to make me feel? How am I going to feel when it's over with? What's it going to do for me? What's in it for me? That's what it's all about. But we find out with the story of Esther, it wasn't about me. It was about the whole entire nation of Israel, the Jewish people. They were in captivity, yet, but God showed favor. She goes in, she becomes the queen. Mordecai, he won't bow down and worship Haman, the bad guy. And so God eventually lifts him up. And matter of fact, Mordecai has to parade him around in the streets because he's second in command and bringing honor to him. And Haman ends up being hanged on his own gallows that he built to kill Mordecai. You see... God's favor isn't always about us. It ain't about stuff and money. It can be. You got something that's nothing wrong with that if God gave it to you. 
But don't think that if you don't have stuff and don't think that God's favoring on you. He has a purpose. And that's what we found out with Esther. There's a purpose. And so, do you want God's favor? This is the question. This morning, we're going to go into the book of Daniel, and I'm going to cover it, I hope, quick. But what we're going to talk about is, is the first six chapters. And that basically, this book is all about that God can promote you. I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care what other people say about you in your life. I don't care if your boss can't stand you. If God's favor is on you, promotions can come. But what does it take? Obedience. Helped you out there a little. Everybody say obedience. Got to make sure we're getting this. So God can promote you. And by the way, he can do it more than once. More than once he can do that. But the first six of Daniel, first six chapters of Daniel is basically about his life. And it covers about 65 or 70 years. Nebuchadnezzar comes into power. There's one place that you see in 605 B.C. Most others are called 597. That's, you know, that's what, seven years difference. Not worth fighting over, is it? Amen. Word ain't worth fighting over. But he comes in, and the Bible says that he, that Daniel was in this place. He was there all the way through Cyrus, which was about 539 B.C., that he became king of Persia. And then about nine years later, he is the king of Babylon also. And so you'll see these references in there. I wanted to point that out to you that what we're going to talk about this morning, it covered a span of time. God's favor can act right now. How many of you know God can act right now? We just prayed for God to act right now. And he has before, and there's been some times he hasn't, but he did act. And so we have to understand that it's all about his timing. It's all about when he's ready, when we're ready, really. Esther, last week we saw that she had to go through a cleansing process, and a part of it wasn't fun. Some junk had to come out of her and had to come off of her so she could be ready to move in to be the queen. You see, God does that to us. And so with Daniel, he comes in, he's probably a teenager, I'm guessing. I mean, if he's 65 years in the kingdom, you know, he had to be pretty young. And so he comes in, and he, uh, in, in chapter 1, he has a, one of the chief eunuchs, uh, Aphanaz, I have to read it again. I couldn't remember it. I tried. I'm sorry. Ashpenaz. Ashpenaz was the master of the eunuchs, which maybe leads us to believe that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were probably eunuchs. Their bloodline wasn't going to go on. Now, back in that day, for your bloodline not to move on, that was something. That was pretty serious business. I don't know that we look at it that way today, but I was so glad I... Pete, I love you to death, and I loved having you, but I'm glad I had a son, too. Love you both. Glad I had both of you. But it, it, it means something. And so uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, Now from among the Jews, the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And to them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Let's go to the next verse. But Daniel purposed in his heart 
that he would not defile himself. You see, the king had told Ashpenaz to go in and take care of these boys and get them ready for the, basically their interview to see if they were going to serve in the king's court. And so he sends all these delicacies and these, these wine, this wine and stuff for them to have and to eat and drink. And what he does, Daniel says, I'm not going to defile myself with that stuff. So Ashpenaz, he gets worried. He's like, look, if you guys don't look good when I take you before the king, he's going to have my head. These other boys are eating over here, but y'all ain't doing anything. And he said, don't let this happen to me. So he, he, he got some favor with him. And so Ashpenaz, he basically says, here's what we're going to do. I mean, uh, Daniel says, just bring us some vegetables and bring us water and test us for 10 days. And if we're okay, then that's what we'll do. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, this is the verse I want you to get. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. The only way that Daniel had the favor and the good, goodwill of this man was what the Bible says. It was God put it upon him. He had some favor on him. He was going to take care of him. He had a little bit of mercy, I guess, is what it tells us. But they ate the veggies and the water, and they did fine. And then the day comes, or the time comes, that they go basically for their interview before the king to see how they're going to stand. And I want you to see what God's doing. These are Hebrew kids. These are Jewish boys, and they're slaves. They don't want them reproducing. They don't look very highly. They're from the wrong side of the tracks, if you know what I mean. We don't want them over here sitting at our table. That's who they were. But yet, God is moving them up into a place. Now, let's go to verse, uh, verse, nine, uh, verse 17. And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Who gave it to them? God gave it to them. And we're going to find out that obedience plays a key role here later on as we move on through this, but their obedience, God was blessing them. God's favor was upon them. Had they not been following God, had they not been obedient to God, there would not have been any blessings. There would not have been any favor. If you're sitting here today wondering why there's no favor on your life, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's why you're here today hearing this message. But we have to be obedient to God, every aspect of God. Go to verse 19. And then the king interviewed them, and among them all, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. These guys ain't out working in the fields anymore. These guys ain't out building buildings or working in the sewers. These guys are now serving at the palace because there was something going on here. And, all, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all of his realm. Now what these guys had, God had gave it to them. They was ten times better than the best. The best of that, they were ten times better. Why? Because God had given them favor. He's got a purpose. He's got something he's doing. And it ain't just about them either. 
So we see what God's showing us here. And so let's go on to chapter 2 because I want to go through this kind of quick. I want you to see it and you go back and just read it with these points. And I think it will get into your spirits too. I think God can take us there. But in chapter 2, this is where Daniel interprets the dream, you know, of the, of the image. The gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the iron and clay, you know, the, the image of the head of gold. But you see, Nebuchadnezzar has this vision and he, he don't know what's going on with it. And so he calls in his, his, his astrologers, his, his soothsayers, his, those kinds of guys, and he says, I, I had a dream and I'm upset in my spirit about it and I need you to tell me what it means. Now I read this to be this, and I may, I may be wrong on this, so I, I won't argue with you, but I'll read it again. But he couldn't remember what the dream was. But he knew that it meant something to him. He, he needed to know what it meant. It upset him. And so he calls these guys in and he says, I had a dream that's upset me. I need you to tell me what it's about. Well, they said, well, tell us what you dream. We'll tell you what it's about. And he said, oh, no. You tell me what I dreamed, and then I'll know for sure that when you interpret it for me that you got it right. And these guys, they basically said, now I'm ad-libbing a whole bunch here, y'all. But they basically said, there ain't nobody can do that. There's nobody in the flesh that can do that. And you know what? They were right. They said it can't be done. And so he gets mad and he sends his guys out to go out and kill all of the astrologers, all the soothsayers. He's sending them out because they ain't worth anything. And he sends them out to kill them and Daniel, he gets word of it. And when Daniel gets word of it, he goes back and he says, look, give us a little bit of time. So he goes back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and he says, look boys, we need to pray because the king's about to kill us all. Because he's had a dream and nobody knows what's going on. So we need to pray and I'm going to seek God and we, we need to know what's going on. So that night he takes a nap and during the nap he finds out what the dream is. So he goes in and he talks to the king. He gets to be able to go in and he tells him about the dream. Tells him what it means. Now that's a whole other sermon for another time. But I wanted you to see the part. He had the dream. God provided not only that, as a group, they were praying. Just what we did this morning. They were praying and seeking God that he would deliver them. That he would be able to give them the impossible. Everybody say impossible. I don't care what your situation is. It ain't impossible if God's there. It ain't impossible. You might have lost your job, but it ain't impossible. You may have lost your girlfriend, but it ain't impossible. You may have lost a loved one to anything but it ain't impossible for God to show up and to restore and to bring it together it's not impossible so let's go to verse 47 in Daniel 2 Charlie and then the king answered Daniel and said truly God is the God of gods the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets since you I got to do this guys I'm sorry I tried to cheat but it didn't work since you could reveal this secret. Then the king, listen, promoted Daniel. He got a promotion because he could read the dream and gave him many gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. So all these other dudes, now they got to be under Daniel. 
You know why? Because he got a hold of God and he knew what was going on. These guys didn't know anything. They were, they were soothsayers. They figured out what to say, when to say it, how to say it, and to appease the king. How many of us know that appeasement does us absolutely no good? It takes truth. That's an amen spot right there. <clears throat> I'm getting frog, frog here. <clears throat> and also, Daniel petitioned the king. Now, you see, he's done been put up over this, and now he gets to go in and talk to the king. So he petitioned the king. And he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat at the gate. Daniel was basically, <clears throat> you know, in our government, we got a president and a vice president. How many of you know the vice president is just like window dressing? How many of you remember, like, five vice presidents? But you have, like, the... Secretary of State, or the, or the what, what do they call him, the the chief in the office, the uh, chief of staff. That's it. Thank you. See, we're in this together. That's who Daniel was. You didn't get in to see the king unless he couldn't handle it. He was to handle everything. He was the next guy in line, and that's basically who he was for that whole place. But not only that, because of God's favor on them, his buddies were like in that outer office. You see, that's how God takes care of his people. Now, let's, let's speculate just for a minute. I told you, now be careful. If the Bible don't say anything about it, we've got to be careful. It's best to leave it alone. Don't try to make no doctrine on it. But you think about this. If the guys that are your buddies or your same countrymen, if they've got the king's ear, then don't that mean that it's probably going to be pretty good for the rest of the people in that nation? See what God was doing? He was taking care of them. And so they got promoted. Everybody say promoted. You know you're saved today. If you're sitting here, you're saved today. God's favor is on you or God wants it to be on you. The only reason that it might not be is if we're not being obedient. we got to be obedient to God. I love the song, you know, there's a, a song that, that talks about grace, and I love grace. I don't thank God for grace. But grace don't mean we get to live how we want to live. Said a sinner's prayer and went to church, you know, the... Christmas and Easter and for a funeral and said the prayer while the preacher, you know, listen to the prayer while the preacher's get doing the praying. No, it takes more than that. It takes some obeying. You know, God's got a purpose for you. If you want God's favor on your life, you've got to find out the purpose and the purpose. Thank you, sweetie. Ain't she the best? Want a pan of cornbread tonight when we get home, okay? And <laughs> yeah, that's just fun. And Brother, Bur Brother Murphy taught me how to pick on my wife. <laughs> I watched him for years pick on Sister Murphy. Nah, it's all in fun. <laughs> I might have to go somewhere today. But it takes some obedience to walk with God. If you want God's favor, it's got to be about his purpose and his purpose only. It can't be about us. 
It can be about us. He can show us some things, but it has to be about him. Now let's go to chapter 3. Now this is the chapter that's got the fiery furnace in it. Everybody remember that story? So we have, uh, we have the king sitting here. And he wants to move these guys up good and, and other people they don't care much for it. And so they come up and they come up with this, with this idea that, that there's going to be a decree that, when, that whenever they play these musical instruments that the people will just bow down and worship the image that he's made of himself. You see, if you want worship for yourself, God ain't in that. He's going to lead people away from it. If you need worship... Brother Randy, then God's going to lead people away from that. That's the thing that we can get from this. But they refused to bow down. Now let's go to verse 15. It says, now if you are ready at the time, they bring him before the king, and he says, what is this? You guys ain't going ain't, ain't to worship me? And it says, uh, now if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and, and, and symphony with all kinds of musics, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if, not, if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is God? Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> we have no need to answer you in this matter, meaning it ain't none of your business. I don't owe you anything, mister. Now that really puts a king in a bad place whenever you tell him stuff like that, when he makes a demand. You owe me an answer. I just see him putting his hand on him. He said, you owe me an answer. You know what I'm talking about? I, I just pictured that in my mind. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image you have set up. They laid it out there. You see, we're living in a world today that tells us that we have to comply to certain things that we are not able to do our worship with our God, that we're not able to call upon the name of Jesus in public, that we don't want to be saying the name of Jesus. In fact, sometimes we can't even preach his word to people because it's an offense to them. But that's the system of the world. That's the system of what Satan brings about. But they stood up and said, you know what? We're going to worship our God. We're not going to bow down and worship your image like you want. And you know what? Our God is able to save me. This morning we prayed for people that have needs this morning. Our God is perfectly able to bring them into to healing. Our God is perfectly able to work in their defense. Our God is perfectly able to deliver them from the place that they are. But if not, we're okay with his will. That's obedience, folks. We have to be okay with God's will. But he has these guys to take and throw them into the furnace. And they heated up seven times hotter than it normally was. And the dudes, and they bound them with their clothes. And the dudes that threw them in burned up because it was so hot when they got close. But the king is sitting there and he's looking around. And all of a sudden he sees some walking going on inside of that fire. 
He says, didn't we just throw three guys inside of this burning fiery furnace? Didn't we just do that? And they said, oh, king, you know, you know, always worshiping the king. Oh, king, you know that we did, but he walks up and I see him just running over and going, oh, no. I see four of them in there. And the fourth one is just like the Son of God. You see, it don't matter what kind of trial that you're going in. It don't matter what God, what, what God is going to deliver you from. It don't matter what the devil's going to try to pull you down with. It doesn't matter what he's bringing inside your home. It don't matter what the world is trying to do. It don't matter what the boss is trying to do. It don't matter about the diseases that you may have. If God is in there, you'll get through it unscathed. They came out didn't even smell like smoke. Their clothes weren't nothing done with them, but they come out of there and didn't even smell like smoke. Wow. Honey, I might need your help on this one, brother. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. You know this. Sing it with me. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in. Just hold on. Our Lord will show up. And he will take you through the fire again. Jason Crabb. Oh, that's a beautiful song. You might be sitting in a fire today. You might be sitting in some trouble today. But if you get obedient and you hang on to God, he'll get you through it. He knew all about it before it happened. And he's right there in the midst of it. And he'll get you out on the other side. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their, bo and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree that, my, that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut down in pieces, and their houses shall be made of ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. We need to take that to our graves. We serve a God and there's no other God who can deliver like this. There's a lot of them around the world. We got a bunch of Muslims running around the world and they're trying to force people into this. But we come to you in love. We come to you with the power of our God. We want to be able to pray for you. We want to give you the words of truth that will set you free. There is no other God like our God that can set you free. Amen. Amen. And then the king promoted. <laughs> you see what happens? He promoted them. You see, sometimes you got to go through the fire to get the promotion. It ain't always fun. And sometimes we can get disobedient. And favor just slides away. God says, I can't get you through this. I got a different plan. Hang in there. Hang in there. So he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Chapter 4, he basically, Nebuchadnezzar tells a story of what's going on with him. And he, 
he goes through a bad time. But in chapter 5, we find out there's a new king, his son Belshazzar. So now they've been high up with one king, and now there's a new king in, in power, his son Belshazzar. And he's throwing this big drunken party one night for all the kings and the people in his province. He has them to go get the furniture and the glasses and the stuff like that that came from the temple so they can get drunk and party with the stuff out of the temple of God. And while they're in the midst of their party, you know, sometimes we can go just a little bit too far and God comes a-knocking. When you hear God knocking, there might not be many more knocks and there might not be many more days. That's what happened with this fellow. And he sees his hand appear and he does some writing on the wall and it just he, he just gets pale. That's what the Bible says, his countenance changed. He just got pale. He didn't know what was going on, but he knew something big was up. He calls in his soothsayers and magicians and these guys and they can't say what's, what's written on the wall. They said, nobody can know what's written on this wall. Nobody can know it. Nobody of flesh can know it. But his queen comes in. You see, God's always got an ace in the hole. And she's not a follower. She's not a believer. You know, God can work through anybody. So she says, lift up your countenance because there's a guy right here in your kingdom that can do that. So obviously he's not in power anymore. He ain't known by the sun. And your father had him, and he, he put him over all the soothsayers and all, but he'll be able to do it. So they call for Daniel. Let me just, just read verse 5 and verse 11 real quick. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lord, came to the banquet hall, and the queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in, the days, and in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him the chief of the magicians, astrologers, and the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. Well, he basically tells him what this is about. Your kingdom's about to end, Jack. That's about what he tells him. And he dies. Let's read it. Verse 29, and Belshazzar gave the command that, that they clothe Daniel. I forgot to tell you, when he brought his soothsayers in, he said, anybody can do this, and we'll put purple on you, and we'll give you a gold chain around your neck, and you're going to rule over a third of the kingdom. None of them could do it. And he says, they gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with the purple and put a, a, a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. So he's back on top again. But now you got Darius, another king, coming in in chapter 6. Verse 1, and it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, and he's a governor now, that the Cyprats might give an account to him that the king would suffer no loss. And then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Now where did that come from? 
It came from God. See, if you got an excellent spirit in you, it comes from God. If it's not an excellent spirit, it didn't come from heaven. And you won't get any brownie points that way neither. The boss will overlook you. If you got the bad attitude when you walk in, he don't want you ruling his people because you're just going to sow bad attitude on them. And you're not going to get to be the governor. You're not going to get to be the manager of the company. You're not going to get to be the boss. He's going to get somebody else to do it. And the king gave thought of setting him over the whole realm. Now, whenever that word got out, all the other dudes that's around that's kind of got position, they get jealous. So they go to the king, and they basically say, come up with this decree that people will worship no other gods. Only you is who they're going to worship. Only you is who they're going to pray to. Only you. And so they get the king to do this. He does it. And Daniel, he goes home. What does he do? He prays three times a day. They're peeping in the window. They set him up, they thought. They set him up, and they go back and tell the king, didn't you have this decree? Now the king, when he found out it was Daniel, he didn't want to do nothing to him. But they said, wait a minute. It's in the decree of the Medes and the Persians, and it's got to be done. What? Let it be written so it shall be done kind of thing. It has to be done if it's written. So he's feeling bad about it. And so he has to take him, he has to send him to the lion's den. Now whenever he gets to the lion's den, he tells him something. In verse 16, So the king gave the command that they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Whom you serve continually is obedience. We have to ask ourselves, do we want God's favor? Do we serve him continually? Some lions might be biting on our toes if we don't. Well, the king couldn't sleep that night. He was in a fit. He gets up the next morning. He rushes down there and he says, Oh, Daniel, did your God come through for you? Are you alive? And he tells him he is. Oh, yes, king, I'm alive. And by the way, I didn't do anything against you. I didn't do anything against my God. Everything's fine. He came and he took care of business. In verse 26, and the king says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. We serve a God whose kingdom will not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. God will always be there until the end. Ain't nobody going to outlast him. He gets the final say. If we're on God's side, we're on the team that wins. If we're on God's side, we're, we're with the one and we get to watch the devil. You know when we see that devil, we're going to laugh at him. We're going to look and say, you mean this little scutter here is the one that made all the trouble going on in this world? And then we get to laugh back because there's going to come a day when old devil's going to get before King Jesus and he's going to bow down and say, you are the Lord. He's going to do it. Amen. So don't let him ruin your life. We got to be obedient. He don't want you to be obedient because he knows there's favor there. He knows God's favor is there. That's why he tries to mess with our flesh and pull us away. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You see that? There's another one, Cyrus. He went through four rulers that he was 
promoted. God's favor, folks, you might get promoted and not have the best job. You might get promoted and not like the job you got. But God's got you there. God's got a purpose for it. You see, the king wanted some worship. And you know what? There's some people in this world that like to get worship. Ain't they? There's people that like to get worship. And if they don't get worship, then they get mad and they get mean. They get very mean. Don't bow down. Brother Willie, don't bow down. You're too far along now to quit. Hang in there. <laughs> There's people that want to take us and rule us in our lives. Don't bow down. There's a devil. Oh, let me get there for a minute. There's a devil. He wants you, Brother Randy, thinking all kinds of bad stuff about all kinds of people. If he can get inside of this gourd right here, he can wreak havoc inside of you. And he can use you to wreak havoc inside of others. Don't bow down. We don't bow down to the devil. We don't bow down to the world. We bow down to King Jesus. Amen? We bow down to King Jesus. We praise King Jesus. We sing praises to his name. We bow down to King Jesus. We had such a wonderful prayer service last Sunday night, didn't we? But you want to know something? We had to go the extra mile. We went through the routine. You know what I'm talking about? We went through the routine. And I'll be honest with you. This old boy, I was tired. I was ready to... Hang it up and go home. But something just kept pressing. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. And boy, we had a wonderful time Sunday night in prayer service. I don't know about y'all. Who, who was here? Did y'all, did you get something out of it? Didn't you just need that? Let's give God some praise for it. Because we have to press on. God's favor. He loves you. You know that? He went to the cross for you. He has given his statutes for you. And he so much wants to put his favor on you. And if his favor's on you, there ain't nobody going to stop it. There ain't no plots and plans going to stop what God's doing. Amen? The plots and planners usually get hurt by God. You know, he says, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. Don't ever forget, vengeance is his. So when we start getting our own vengeance, we get out of the will of God and God's favor will go away. Most of us don't want God getting his vengeance simply because we know in God he's going to save them and now we've got to love them. Got to go to heaven with them. That's where we're at. Let's have love one for another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. All men includes me. I'll know whether I'm his disciple or not if I can have love for all. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. They're going to play us some music. If there's something you want to pray about this morning, I invite you to come. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't leave this place today until you do know him. We went to a funeral this week of a man. By the way, pray for Carrie and, and Tyler and them.
her dad passed away 50 years old. That hits close to home, guys. I turn 50 in a couple months if I make it. You don't know if you're going to see the sunset tonight. And if God's knocking on your heart's door right now, do something about it. Because there may not be another time. It can happen right here in this church. It can happen right here, right now. And I promise you, we'll pray with you. Amen. We don't cast stones, do we? Church, do we cast stones? No, we cast hugs and love. Jesus hugs. We'll cast a little bit of truth along the way. Sometimes that truth might sting some. But that's God working on us. It's called conviction. If you're getting convicted, that's a good thing. Because guess what? Brother Murphy, he's been preaching for 150 years, and he's about 160 now. And a hundred more to go. And you can say amen when I say this statement if you agree. God ain't finished working on you, is he? I hope not. I know not. As long as we're breathing, he's still working on us. Amen. He ain't done a bad job of you. Look good in that cream suit, sir. I want you to come and pray this morning. I invite you to come. If you have a need this morning, maybe you set out there in the prayer this morning that you have a need for. Come up. We can pray again. We're outside the box now. This is God's time.